from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. time it is it is your favorite time of the day it's the g and ursula show on fresh fridays good morning ursula good morning <laughs> i was thinking about this yesterday what was you thinking about? when you know, nick just pulls all the greatest tunes for our show yeah he does never <laughs> in my history of working for cairo did i ever think we would get the kind of tunes that we, <laughs> we I, get on this show i told nick yesterday and i and i don't care what anybody said this show, what sets us apart, is Nick and that music. Yes. Agree. <laughs> Always trying to have a party on this show, baby. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Now, Ursula, before you get into everybody uh, what's going on, um, I like to tell people what's going on behind the scenes. Uh-huh. And I'm very transparent. You Ursula, are. this right here is nasty. What is this? Uh, there is a spoon... A used spoon, and I know your head is going in all sorts of directions as to what it's, happened with that spoon. It's nasty. So, what, what is this? It, it is used. It looked like somebody had oh yogurt. Gosh, it, it looks flim. All kind. No, I don't. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I think it's okay. It's a fresh Friday, and we do have a lot going on. G's a little bit distracted, so I'm going to tell you, coming up at 9.30 after Heather's newscast, half of college grads today are working jobs that don't use their degrees. Mm. Does that change your mind about the value of that degree? We're going to get into that again coming up at 9.30. As always, we invite you to join us on our Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line, 888-973-5476, Cairo. Okay, besides that spoon, let's get to it. Top stories of the day, brought to you by Wayscar 40. Suzu and Auburn. Very disturbing story to tell you about this morning. A federal wayman is accused of trying to sell an 11 and a 15 year old girl for sex on Aurora Avenue and then leaving them there when they couldn't get any customers. Court documents say 25 year old Ezra Wamana brought the girls up from Oregon after connecting with them on Instagram and Snapchat. The details, G, are truly horrific. The 15-year-old told detectives that he went by the name Sleaze on Instagram. He allegedly took them to his apartment where he sexually assaulted the 15-year-old while three other people assaulted the younger girl after smoking weed and drinking alcohol. Then a few days later, according to court documents, Wamana took both girls to Aurora Avenue and told them to wave down men in cars to try to get them to pay for sex. The 15-year-old told detectives they did walk along the busy roadway for about an hour and a half. Several guys did stop, but the girls ended up being too scared to get into anyone's car. And when Wamana found out that they hadn't made any money, court documents say he abandoned them on Aurora and blocked all contact with them. Okay, but the story doesn't end there. The girls ended up meeting another guy from Bellevue who took them to his home, and that is where detectives eventually found them, tracked them down. Officer Seth Tyler tells King 5 News now there could be even more arrests. This investigation is far from over. Our uh, investigators are still looking at the other two suspects that were involved in 
uh, assaulting these uh, girls in Federal Way. And they're trying to figure out the involvement of this Bellevue homeowner where those girls were found. This is the part that has me really got my side eye looking at the rest of society. We have some sick individuals. And this last part of it, you heard Ursula explain the first part. Now let me explain the second part that had me get up out of my seat and had to go get another cup of coffee. Now, there was in Seattle, there was a man that found these girls and took them to his Bellevue home, right? So you would think that the average person would find these young girls and either A, call the police, or even at worst, pick them up and maybe take them to a police station to get these girls help. No, this adult took them to his Bellevue home. Now, did this adult make a plan to go ahead and call someone? I don't know, but here's how these young girls were found. They were found because they were using Snapchat inside of this Bellevue home, and it was the Snapchat map that had the police. Shout out to the police for doing excellent police work. Shout out to technology being able to let that happen. And I know all you parents out there that think, oh, I don't like Snapchat because it disappears. It never disappears. There's always a record. But anyways, they found them at this home. So while we know about Ezra and him, better known as Sleaze, he has been caught for his actions. I need to know what in the world was this Bellevue man going to do with these young girls? Yeah, it's just so sad and horrifying all around when you're talking about 11 and 15 years old. And how did they meet? They met on... That was on Instagram. Instagram, Mm -hmm. again, and Snapchat, which is, again, a reminder to all parents about what your kids are doing with their social media activities and how easy it is to get into trouble um, this guy who goes by the name Sleaze, apropos for sure, um, made contact with him that way. He claimed to police, well, I thought they were 18, mm. as if that was going to change it. And then um, mm. he he initially claimed that it was the girls who wanted, wanted to go, go to on Aurora. Aurora. The girls who are un- underage, who are from Oregon, were the ones that had this idea. Are you kidding me? I mean, these are babies. And this is why I tell you, you know, I, we've brought this up mm. Numerous times on the show. Yeah. You remember one time I called you when I went to Home Depot and I was like, gee, mm. you're not going to believe what I'm seeing on Aurora. And it there are the the baby faces that you see on there with their stiletto heels, like literally walking on the street. And I, when I re- hear stories like this, I think that could be any one of those young women. Yeah. I I don't know. And I don't know if I was paying attention, but I don't know if you brought up this one part of the story. And maybe this is one of those that we don't have to bring up, but I'm bringing it up. Okay. Ursula, where did Sleaze used to work? Well, apparently he was a library employee for the King County Library System in 2021. Y'all, in 2021, Sleaze, the guy that finds these gals on the Internet. Used to work for the King County Library System. Now, I know there's probably something like, gee, why does that information you have to give out there? No, I'm not blaming King County. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not blaming the library. I'm bringing that up because it is very important for all of us to understand that 
the creeps, weirdos, all kinds of yeah. sick, sadistic people work in all That's areas exactly right. of the world, right? It's, it's not this thing where this person looks like a, you never know. My man was working at a library where he has probably access to information, all kinds yeah. of stuff. And sick. It, it's very sick. And the library system is saying, you know, we have no evidence or no, no one has complained about this particular person who worked there back in 2021. But it is certainly disturbing. Students all across the country are now demanding that their universities kick Starbucks off their campuses. Protesters sent petitions to 25 schools from Georgetown to UCLA, Wisconsin to UNC. They claim Starbucks is refusing to negotiate contracts with thousands of baristas who chose to unionize. In response, the company told CBS News they're focused on building a better future for all employees, including negotiating fair contracts. Last year, Mm. students at Cornell successfully pushed their university not to renew their Starbucks contract contract over labor concerns, and now schools like NYU say they are taking a serious look. No word yet of any Washington schools are on that list. Luke Ducey, Cairo News Radio. So what do you think of this new tactic with students getting involved? You know, I was talking to Chef about this, and I was just trying to think, like, I wonder if the higher-ups at Starbucks eventually, Ursula, believe that this is going to go away. Right. They believe that at some point people are going to get tired of talking about this and then we're just not going to talk about it anymore. That's number one on that one end. Number two, I want to know what is probably really worse for their bottom line. Is it a addressing this problem and allowing all of these stores to unionize with no problem? If that would hurt their bottom line worse than there being a few people in the United States is like, I'm not going there anymore. I don't want them on this campus. So when you weigh those two, which one impacts their bottom line the most, I would I would think that actually being nice and being accepting to unionizing would probably hurt their bottom line the most. Yeah, well, I, I, I think you're right. I think they're going to resist with everything they have. Yeah. Uh, so just a couple of facts. Workers at more than 360 of Starbucks, 9,300 U.S. stores have voted to join unions just since 2021. The company's already facing hundreds of complaints at the National Labor Relations Board for alleged union busting, which Starbucks denies. But um, the NLRB, which doesn't have a whole lot of teeth, by the way, but they're alleging that Starbucks shut down nearly two dozen stores, including some in Seattle, specifically to discourage unionization efforts. So eight of the stores had already voted to unionize when they closed. But in my opinion, mm-hmm. what is happening here is a prime example of how a massive company like a Starbucks can effectively thwart efforts to unionize merely by dragging things out. So we've been talking about this for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got legal appeals. And according to national labor laws, an employer is required to bargain in good faith, but it's not really enforceable. Mm-hmm. So what's the incentive for Starbucks? It would cost them a ton. 360 have voted to unionize, but there are another 9,000 that have not unionized. Right. And obviously, they see the value in not having those stores unionize. Uh, So one of the things that Starbucks is doing is saying, well, we want to have in-person bargaining. You have to do in-person bargaining. Well, what's one of the things that union workers are are fighting for when it comes to unionization? 
their crappy schedules, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hard for them to do in-person bargaining. So if, you know, even if the company ends up losing some of these cases, which could take many years, um, again, the NLRB cannot give them any financial penalties. So mm-hmm. what's the incentive for Starbucks? No, I don't. I, I I don't know. They're, they're, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just laying no, no, it out no, for no, you. No, if you're, you're wondering why this is just dragging out, you're right because there's going to be a lot of these people that are in the fight right now that possibly might move on to do other things, and then it'll be the new people that's in line, and then st- again. I don't know. So the, I don't know what's said. I don't know if Starbucks is but, like, we're just going to let try to let this go away. If you're passionate, yeah, th- that's what they're hoping. If you're passionate enough about it, though, the best thing you can do is say, you know what? I'm just not going to support them. But there's not enough people who are willing to do that. Starbucks is not hurting right now. True. That, 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 you know what? There it is. There's not enough people to do that. It, if they lose 5%. Just because of this, they would lose much more if they agreed to unionize. Can I just add one little fact? Uh, Three companies, including one local, Amazon, Tesla, and Trader Joe's are right now trying to argue in court that the National Labor Relations Board is, in fact, unconstitutional and should have no authority whatsoever to govern govern relations between unionized employees and employers. So there you go. (laughs) Yes. All the big companies, I mean, yeah, it's in their best interest not to have unionized employees. Mm. So it was a war of words yesterday at a rally in support of a Seattle law that created a minimum wage for gig workers. We've talked about this on the show. Um, They did this satirical skit, uh, rally organizers saying that they have been critically underpaid for years. Boo-hoo, you peasants, you plebs can't even fix your own tools. You can't support your own families. Okay, again, this is a skit. Uh, so for anyone who's not been paying attention, the law requires that app delivery companies pay around 26 bucks an hour at a minimum and mileage, which you've said over and over again that you, you think that's actually going to hurt uh, many of these gig workers. And some gig workers agree with you, G, and they say it's killing business. Restaurants are going to fail because of this ill-advised ordinance where the city council was specifically told by the kid companies they were going to raise the rate. So DoorDash and Instacart have confirmed they have added additional fees because of the new law. We talk about Uber Eats. So today I decided to um, come with a different argument today. Today, I've been in support of the the gig workers and how I did not like that uh, Seattle City Council came and uh, applied this new uh, deal for the ordinance for the mandatory minimum wage. Today, I'm going to go a different route. Maybe I can maybe tug at the heartstrings of some of you. And you heard it. What about some of these businesses? What about some of these uh, small business restaurants that might not make it because of this? What about so many people? Now, remember this. It is a fact that in January, it was way less people ordering, right? So less people ordering meant less business for these uh, small businesses. Now, McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, all the big dogs, they're fine. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the businesses that latched on to these businesses. DoorDash and Uber Eats yeah. and all that stuff. There was the owner of a, a restaurant, an Indian restaurant, said his experience, uh, his restaurant experienced a thirty percent drop. So, in do, we, do we do we care about that? If your business requires uh, sub minimum wage workers in order for you to survive, that's not a viable business model. For there, me. whoa, 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 whoa. There, these businesses aren't relying on their they pay their workers more than minimum wage you can't put that on the business owner if you rely on a service that pays sub minimum wage for your business to survive 
Safari. Wait, wait, wait. But I think you're looking at the wrong one. Why Why is DoorDash adding the fees? Why is and, – and I get – that they're just saying, and 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 if why, they were warned. Why is city council? I think that you. I, I think if anyone get mad at DoorDash, get mad at Uber Eats, don't get mad at the the little restaurant owner that's already taken a hit. Right. So where did this start? The Who started city council. this? So, so city council. Yeah, and the city council, which and the makeup of the city council is different today than it was when this vote was taken. I'm by cur- the way, I'm curious if that's the same city council that's on uh, right now. I wonder if they would do the same thing. I think that this is going to be repealed. I'm going to say it again. It is going to be repealed. If this right here cannot sustain, we're coming up in the spring and summer months right now. There will be businesses that will not make it because of this. You guys are trying to come in and just tell the big dogs what to do. Let's be real. This is 2024, Ursula. You can't tell these big DoorDash folks what to do like that. You can't come in and say, you're going to do this or else. It doesn't work. All right. That was good stuff. I thought yeah, a, I thought yeah, a different, we just, yeah, we I just a different angle worked. Through, yeah. We did. All right. <sighs> um, Ursula, this topic, I wanna, I'm curious. I'm passionate which, about this next yeah, topic. You know, yeah, it. half. Half of college grads are working jobs that don't use their degrees. So I want to ask you, listen right now. The job that you're working at, are you working with your specific degree? Well, we'll talk about this next. Jennerson. Ursula Show. Happy Fresh Friday to all of you. As always, we invite you to text us on our Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line, 888-973-5476-888-973 Cairo. And the question this segment is, how important is that college degree? And we ask, and it's a topic that we love to discuss because we both have very passionate views on this one. Uh, There is a new study out today that says more than half of all college graduates don't use their degrees in their current jobs. This report was done by the Strata Education Foundation. Stephen Moray is the CEO. The first post-college job that someone secures typically has a pivotal impact on the rest of their career. If someone starts off in a college-level job, they will tend to be in college-level jobs for the rest of their career. If they start off underemployed, while some people will ultimately make the change, most of them will still be underemployed 10 years later. Mm. Okay, I know you 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 seem to be really uh, resonating with that one, G. What'd you, what'd you think about so that? So he says, well, uh, th- that totally makes sense, and it aligns with what I've seen from experience of of people I know who've gotten college degrees, and uh, and, and in fact, it aligns with. A text message from one of our listeners, 206, said, college degree, father of two, biochem major is working in his field. The artist major is selling caskets in a funeral home. Hmm. Um, and, you know, the study just points out again that certain degrees uh, make it easier, obviously, to have uh, go into a particular field of work, for example, engineering, mm-hmm. computer science, that kind of thing. But I, I guess I ask the question, what is the value or what is the point of going to college? Is the point of going to college because 
you want a job or is the point of going to college that you want to further explore, you know, different areas of education and uh, eventually get some a, a degree that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go into a particular field, but you've got that degree that gives you that entree. It's no secret. I don't like college. And the reason why I don't like college, because it is the ultimate gatekeeper. Right. There are so many people that did not have access to college. So therefore, they are underemployed. And then what happened was society said to you, hey, Joey, Micah, all those folks, you need to go to college. So you get all this student loan debt. Right. Because you didn't have grandma and any access to real estate to help you out with those payments. So and I know there's going to be people that's going to say back in my day, you mean back in your day when it cost you ten thousand dollars for all four years. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about current day. Right. Mm -hmm. So then you go to college because you thought right that I would go to college and I'm going to go get this job. But then you get into the real world and you find out, oh, it's not like that. And so you go to college, you get the student loan debt. Oh, you didn't know about the predatory interest rates on those college student loan debts that, by the way, there's no bankruptcy that can take that away. Let me simplify. If you're going to be an engineer, if you're going to be a doctor, if you're going to be a surgeon, you know what I mean, specifically a lawyer, there are some things where I totally understand. I'm not talking about that. But the vast majority of people go to college so they can make better income. Right. Which that is, studies still show generally you still do get a better right, income right. over a lo lengthy period of time. Right. I mean, that's changing. But everybody has a Mike Tyson says everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And so sometimes when you go to college for one thing, you come out of school as you're waiting for that job. You might become a server. Right. Mm -hmm. Serving waiting tables. And then you find yourself. I'm in a pickle now, right? Because right now I'm bringing home $1,500 to $2,000 a week as a server, but my my college degree, I want to work in this field, and that field can't pay me enough. So I stay becoming, stay being a server in this area. And here I got the student loan debt. Yeah. I'm a server, and because I can't claim my tips, I'm going to be underhoused. Because I don't show all of my income, it is just a rabbit hole. How about we just do this? Just do away with this whole you need to be able to, uh, to have a college degree to do the job. Because a lot of these jobs you can do without a college degree. And I think that is changing, although there are companies that still insist on doing that because they feel it shows that you you know have stick intuitiveness, you know, that kind of thing, it, it, uh, initiative, whatever. And it's a way to weed out. Absolutely. Does, co does, or, college, or show way to weed does college really show you some, that, that, to some degree, yes. that this person no has intended. the ability to stick it out? Is that really what college yeah. does? Yeah. No, not to me. Yeah. I don't look at someone going to college and being like, this person I, has I think, fortitude. I, I think it absolutely can be a, an indicator. It shouldn't be the only indicator, but I, I hate to say it, but that's. That is the way it is viewed in many cases. Now, um, uh, someone pointed out, I think it was uh, Lynn and Enumclaw says, I don't work in my degree. I use things from my education, though, pieces of it. Now, is that enough reason to go to college? Because you can, again, is college merely a tool to get you a, a really good job? Or is it also for the education? Is there any value in the education, I guess, is right. my question. Um I'm gonna when I'm done with this uh, show today, 
I'm going to call my son who has graduated from college. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask him what is the biggest lesson that college has taught him. I'm going to share, I'm going to come share those things. Yeah. If you're listening right now and you did not go to college f- to be a lawyer, an engineer, a doctor, something very specific, yeah. right? But you just, in generality, like, oh, I had to switch majors and I wanted to do kind of economics, environmental, all those different things. What did college teach you? Because most of the time... It taught you how to learn, taught you how to uh, follow through with your curiosity. It, it absolutely taught you about deadlines. It absolutely teaches you. I mean, I'll, I'll look at both. Both my sons went to college, got um, business-related degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, in one case, one son is absolutely making, you know, the, we invested a lot of money into their college education. They did not go into debt, but we invested a lot of money. Now, for our younger son, it's going to take a little time before he makes up the money that was put into that investment, you know, into that education. And I get that for some people, it doesn't make sense. You know, it doesn't make sense to go spend $250,000, $300,000 if you're going to be working, you know, doing something that you don't have to have a college degree for. You know what this tells me, though? College degrees absolutely have value, but more so for certain people. Brian, who uh, can afford to take an internship with his communications degree while he's in school, will be able to work in his field and get relevant experience and get hired. Billy, who can't afford the internship, that communications degree might be worthless. That's hard. Can can, can I? My final question, and maybe you guys can help me out with this. A lot of you all are smarter than me. I just want to ask this very, very important question. How? How did four-year universities that really have really no guarantee when you come out of school, how did they become so expensive while the trade school is less than $3,500, $4,000 a year, and you get done with that in less time, and you come out, and you're almost guaranteed to be making money right away? How did our society get to the point where we celebrate so much these prestigious universities, but yet the trade school is right there? Because when we go to the parties and barbecues, it is not popular to say to Jane, hey, so yeah, my son or daughter is going to be going to Renton Technical uh, Community College. What It should be. That's awesome. That's amazing. But no, it sounds better to say, oh. Well, my son's going to be at the Ohio State University. Only the man my son is there to play football. <laughs> oh, and by the way, while I'm here, let me get that education that you guys, so then that way when I get ready to go get a job, I got that on my resume. Yeah. That's the game, baby. Yeah, and so, great, and get, you know, great so did, for him. So how so how did trade school get uh, put on back burner? We, we don't know that. I, I just wonder. What is that asking myself? I mean, that for years and years and years and years, yeah. society has put a lot of value in education. And I'm one of, I'm guilty. I am guilty. I've told you. <laughs> I have told you that when it comes to, besides our house, our, the education of our children yeah. is where our biggest investment has been. Mm. Can I tell you what Tesla did on Black History Month? <laughs> Yo, Uh-oh. you won't believe what Tesla did during the month of Black History Month. You know what? 
I'll just tell you next. Jennifer. It is the G and Ursula show. Do y'all hear Nick jamming? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, uh, coming up at 10 o'clock, our favorite Ursula, Michael Medved, is going to join us. And I'm going to ask him about gold sneakers somehow, some way. I know you got <laughs> other questions, but I need to really ask him about that. So, Tesla, they backed out on a massive order from a black-owned bakery that cost the business owner more than $16,000. The owner of the Giving Pies in San Jose, that's where our good friend Nora is from, says she's used to working with big tech companies like Apple, Google, and Facebook, and she double-confirmed the order from Tesla, which was meant for an employee Black History Month event. There was only one problem. The order hadn't been paid yet. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, that uh, a vendor hadn't paid you yet. You know, I think they kind of knew. And uh, but I have a question for you. Can we double the order? After the owner purchased extra ingredients for 2,000 mini pies, a Tesla representative sent a text message to cancel the order. And say, oh, I'm sorry, plans have changed. We're not going to uh, need the order anymore. A different Tesla representative followed up with this explanation. Explaining to me what happened, that it was miscommunication, that the employee, Laura, had no authority to uh, to promise any payment. Now, Ursula, the owner feels taken advantage of. I don't want them to to feel like, oh, you know, we can do whatever. No, it's people's lives that they are affecting, and I want them to know that. Now, the beautiful thing about community and people, and sometimes, Ursula, we talk about this all the time, the importance of community. The San Jose community, they did rally to support the Given Pie, and they bought them all out. Come on now. Which is great, and I love the, the happy story, but I'm curious why this story stood out to you and and made you want to talk about it because i'll tell you why oh no i'm glad you put it um number one it was tesla that's exactly yeah number one number two it was san jose and our good friend Nora is from san jose oh okay yeah that was was a reason and number three i like the end of the story ah okay when i see tesla i mean it's it's just one of those things where it's just automatically a negative when you see me drive up, is it a negative? Now, question for you. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like... Oh, my uh, goodness. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, do you feel uh, like the told, public perception has changed yeah, about Tesla? In the, in, in the car, right, on our way from... By the way, we went to dinner last night, and it was phenomenal. A more uh, wine and tapas, fantastic place in Tacoma. Um, Lily and I were talking about... You know, the, the vehicles that we have. And she's like, oh, so you really don't want us to do Tesla anymore? Nope. <laughs> we're done after this, right? So we're once once her lease is up and then yeah. once my lease is up, yeah, we're done. We're going to get into that. I mean, I didn't pr- – look, I like Tesla's vehicles. They're amazing. They're all outstanding. And as far as in the electrical vehicle world, they are way ahead. They are the iPhone of cars, and every other electric company is the Android, right? That's what's going on when it comes to that because of their charging capabilities, all that stuff. 
But every time you turn around, you just see stories like this, and I'm just like, ugh. You know why this one caught my eye? Why? Because this is the this would have been a delivery for the Tesla factory in Fremont, which is relatively close to this business. That factory is facing a federal civil rights lawsuit with complaints from black employees. I'm just going to read a couple sentences. The, it claims that Tesla production leads, supervisors, and managers constantly use the N-word and other racial slurs to refer to black workers. They've complained of swastikas, the KKK, the N-word, and other racist drawings etched into restroom walls, lunch tables, and factory machinery. Black workers were paid less, assigned to more physically demanding posts, were terminated and disciplined more often than other workers, and were often denied advancement opportunities. And the way that this factory chooses to celebrate Black History Month is to buy pies. Is to buy pies and then, and then screw over the black owned business that they canceled an order from. Mm-hmm, but this show did get dark on the, on the Fresh Fridays. <laughs> And you, know, you, wanted to, you wanted to. <laughs> well, gee, I'm proud of you, man. Like, I'm proud of you. You've come around to realizing, like, hey, maybe I should not support this man with a monthly check. That's a big monthly check, too. Oh, yeah. But uh, as you said, the story ended nicely. Yeah. Jason in, in uh, Tulela Bay says, I see you rolling the Lucid. It's funny you bring up the Lucid. I was looking at those Lucid what's vehicles. The, what's the Lucid? It's, it's an it's a electric vehicle. I was looking at the Lucid up in uh, uh, Vancouver, B.C. this past weekend. Those things are pretty nice, Ursula. You know what, Ursula? It's time. How about this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a petition. I'm going to go stand outside of Safeway and have everybody in support of Ursula getting a new whip. Go on our Gian Ursula Show Facebook page. You will be impressed with the number of people who drive even older cars than I do. I felt like I was in great company, and it just confirmed that uh-huh. many great Gian Ursula Show <laughs> listeners uh-huh. like to drive their cars to their death. <laughs> The cars, <laughs> not themselves. <laughs> what's felt, a what's I a what's a so new whip? Good. <laughs> I mean, what was that? A whip. Ursula knew a whip was. By the by the way, um, can I? I want to share you with you guys. Ursula, the last you know, last three four months, you've been you've been on point, girl. You <laughs> hey, you get everything I say. You fast, bam, 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 bam. I know, but you know what it is, what, truly, what? is you started this year. I'm gonna get corny for a minute. Yeah. But after I was gone for a month, and, yeah. and, and that was like the worst month of my life, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, I came back. I was like, uh, we're leaving 2023 behind, everything that went with 2023 behind. And I come back, and I come back to a renewed and refreshed G. Mm-hmm. And that has been just tremendous for me. Your boy, fresh. Yes. Fresh so Fridays. I'm going to give it. You're saying I'm on point. I'm going to turn it right back to you. Fresh so, Fridays, yes. fresh G, fresh everything. I know what ain't fresh. When you guys get a chance, go to the G and Ursula Facebook page. Yeah. And I need My you to comment. Fresh. No, no, not, not the car, but the post. So see what I had to start the show off with. It is nasty. I need to get to the bottom of who did this here at Cairo. This is nasty. Go there, comment. I need to know. Coming up next, Michael Medved, G and Ursula.